BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, Spencer Linton. And live from Connecticut, Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B and across the country in Connecticut. We'll get there in just a moment. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, December 2nd, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with lead writer of college football playoff, The Musical, Jerem Jordan, who joins us in Connecticut. What's up, Jerem? What's up? It's finally a sunny day from Uncasville, Connecticut. Although I haven't been outside since Sunday, I'm going to be honest. Uh, We've been inside (laughs) just just working the whole time. But last night I tweeted out a uh, video from Newsies, The World Will Know. That's what Cougar Nation feels like every Tuesday at the digital door of the college football playoff committee, which we'll get to in a moment. The world will know. Cougar fans are mad, man, and it didn't help that BYU just played a really bad game against USC and Hoops. So... Tough Tuesday, hoping for a better Wednesday. We're ready to seize the day. Give me 20 papes, Jerem. Let's go. Uh, Carpe here, diem. Here, Never fear. <laughs> Brooklyn is here. <laughs> Here's your show oh, lineup. Geez. What is the ceiling for BYU football now that they're number 13 in the college football playoff rankings? Is it higher than 13? What in the world happened Let's against USC so. yesterday for BYU men's basketball? Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler will join us live to discuss that and the status of BYU football Hopefully scheduling a game this weekend, plus Jerem Jordan's one-on-one with BYU sophomore guard Trevin Nell. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Do it for Crutchy. BYU football moves up one spot in the college football rankings, as you mentioned, at number 13. One whole spot. We called it yesterday. BYU is the only team in the top 10 in points and yards and points and yards allowed. So BYU is good, but the committee doesn't think they're that good. We but, continue this narrative. But, Jerem, Ohio State has an explosive offense. Didn't you listen to Gary Barty yesterday? And they played so many games. <laughs> Much more on that in a moment. BYU basketball falls to USC 79-53 in Connecticut at the Legends Classic. Here's why. BYU shot a collective 27.5% from the field as a team. Just 23% from the three-point line. They've been so good up to this point. Get away from the home gym and go seven for 30. Yikes. Matt Harms did lead the Cougars in scoring with 11 points. He had six rebounds and three blocks as well. Alex Barcella with his season-low eight points. Here's the good news. BYU takes on St. John's today in the final game for the Cougars at the Legends Classic. Five Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. A chance to right the ship very quickly. Zach Wilson's added to the Davey O'Brien Award watch list. He's one of 35 candidates. That list will go down to 16 next Monday. Zach Wilson will be on that list as well. Wilson is top 10 nationally in passing TDs, total TDs, passing yards, efficiency, completion percentage, and headband usage. All right. Some scheduling news for BYU football in 2028. I'm sorry. (sighs) I wish it were for this week. We're still on standby. BYU will host the Houston Cougars. In 2028, October 7th to be specific at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So BYU's 2028 schedule now includes four games. Hosting Utah, Boise State, Houston, and Stanford. There you go. They're a third of the way there in 2028. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Lucky? 
number 13. All right, Jerem, based off the first two editions of the college football playoff rankings, what is the ceiling for BYU now in the CFP poll in 2020? Listen, there's a Michael Jordan steakhouse here at the Mohegan Sun, but it is closed until further notice. But he did say the ceiling is the roof, Mm. whatever that means. So I think it's somewhere in the top ten still. I'm I'm hoping that teams lose ahead of BYU and that teams behind BYU don't impress enough to leapfrog BYU. So let's walk through it. I think there are four teams that could slide a little bit. Number five, Texas A&M. They've got Auburn and Tennessee. Maybe they lose one of those. But a two-loss Texas A&M still might be ranked ahead of BYU given the way the committee has approached this. Cincinnati, they play Tulsa next week. They don't have a game this week, of course. But uh, maybe Tulsa wins, but I don't know if Cincy would slide that far, right? Five or six spots, depending on if BYU goes up a spot or two. Miami plays Duke this week, but then ranked North Carolina. I think if Miami loses, that BYU will be ranked ahead of Miami. Because that means they would have had lost in the two biggest games of the season. And then number 12, Indiana. Lost quarterback Michael Penix Jr., as I mentioned yesterday, to an ACL. At Wisconsin this week. So maybe the Badgers do BYU a solid. Because if BYU climbs into the top ten... I'm very confident if they're sitting in the top 10 on December 20th, they'll be in a New Year's Six. It's at 13 or even 12 where I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. 11, it's like, eh, probably. But top 10, pretty confident BYU would be selected and probably the Fiesta Bowl. Our friend Ralph Russo pointed out yesterday on Twitter that it's not insignificant that BYU jumped up one spot because now they're just one spot away from the top 12. But I'm with you. I want BYU to be at least number 11 to feel more solid about the Cougars actually getting into a New Year's Six game. Wisconsin's going to beat Indiana this week. I don't think Indiana has enough to recover from the loss of their starting quarterback. Hey, Utah fans, remember Jack Tuttle? Uh, Yeah, now he's starting for Indiana. (laughs) Unbelievable, but I don't think he has enough to beat Wisconsin. Okay, I've never bought in on Miami. They're going to lose to North Carolina. Here's what I'm afraid of. North Carolina lost and went up two spots in yesterday's college football playoff poll. So what happens if they beat number 10 Miami? Is North Carolina going to jump BYU? Like, could, could that happen? Don't they have three losses? I, I, I cannot wrap my mind around losing and jumping two spots. This is bizarro world that we are living in with the college football playoff. There are no parameters, and it feels like the narrative changes based on whoever the team is. I'm looking at the strength of schedule. Like, the way that Gary Barta phrased his uh, his reasoning for putting BYU at only number 13 was entirely contradictory to what how he defended Ohio State. Look, I get Ohio State's got yes. 20 NFL guys on the roster. We all know it. They recruit at the highest level. They are a perennial power. But all I want is for BYU to be treated in the New Year's Six conversation, like Ohio State is treated in the top four college football playoff conversation. Well, we can't really blame Ohio State for the schedule and for COVID. But then they go to BYU and say, well, they should have played a tougher schedule. What? You, you just defended Ohio State with the same reasoning yes. now that you're punishing BYU. So I'm not saying, hey, BYU should be in the top four. But treat them in a New Year's Six conversation and give them the benefit of the doubt that way with the schedule like Ohio State is being given the benefit of the doubt to be in the top four. It just makes no sense to me, Jim. It makes no sense. Narrative changes so based on the team. 
Yes, the the Bucknuts, you know, I, yeah, yeah, it's tough. At uh, Kirk Bowles, uh, writer for what, the Austin American Statesman, I think, it's totally absurd that BYU is ranked 13 in the college football playoff. I'm guessing if unlimited scheduling is possible and the Cougars were 25-0, and 0, they might be 12th. Put them in SEC <laughs> uniforms, they might be third. It's so true. Topic two. The first road game of the season resulted in a loss for the men's basketball team. Here's my recap of the carnage. Well, it didn't go very well in game one here at the Mohegan Sun. BYU lost USC 79-53. to It was a tough shooting game, to say the least, for the Cougs, making 28% from the field and 23% from three. You know, we had shots available to us on every offensive rebound. We just got sticky. Not only did we get sticky inside, but we also got, we also got distracted on the perimeter where we normally run to gaps for those shots. It's what we do on the offensive glass. We sprint to open spaces for shots. We didn't. We ended up standing. It felt like we were standing all night long. BYU missed 18 of its last 19 shots to end the first half. The Cougars finished with 15 offensive rebounds, but zero second-chance points. You think you're going to have 15 offensive rebounds, it should be really, really productive for you, and it was not for us tonight. That's really, really disappointing. Something we got to fix. We, we have Clearly, we have to get better. It was the Cougars' first resume-building opportunity, and it didn't go well. We had no pace to the game. Um, the ball was sticky all night. We were a little bit muddy. So, I mean, philosophically, that, that was it. And, and, and uh, we just kind of gradually became, became unhinged in the sense of we just stopped doing every little thing. Listen, we set up the schedule so that we would find out who we are, and we're finding out who we are right now. And, and that's always a good thing in the sense that it gives you a chance to get better. We have to respond. It's a quick turnaround for BYU, who plays St. John's today at 5 Eastern time. I think St. John's, they just, they're like dogs. They, they give it their all, and they send not just one guy, but they send like two or three guys to the ball. And so it's definitely going to test us, and it's definitely going to show how we respond. I know Mike Anderson really well. He's a great coach. I know they bring a ton of pressure um, for, for every second of every minute of the entire game. Uh, so I know that'll be a huge challenge for us. Um, but, you know, more than the opponent right now, I'm worried about us. I'm going to go drown my sorrows in some crispy grit. How are the donuts this morning? <laughs> Good. A little, little stale. There's no microwave up here to warm up. But uh, All right, so eat your feelings. Was the USC loss an outlier or cause for concern? Well, BYU had a bad day, and it's always a concern when you have a bad day, yeah. but I feel like it is an outlier. Now, if BYU doesn't show up today and they shoot 28% from the three-point line and under 30% as a team again and lose by 20-plus – then maybe we have a conversation about something bigger. But I just feel like BYU played their worst game of what will be the entire season. I don't think BYU can play worse or shoot worse than they did yesterday. USC is also a really good, long, athletic team. Terrible matchup for BYU if they can't make three-pointers. Against a team like USC, especially BYU lives and dies by the three. They just didn't make shots, and sometimes that happens. So, yeah, on the day, cause for concern, but – I expect BYU to show up and be more competitive and have better energy and do what Coach Pope talked about yesterday. Get into their gaps for their open shots. Be more confident. 
Hopefully, uh, a little bit more time shooting on those rims in the Mohegan Sun and some acclimation will help BYU. But, yeah, I, I don't think BYU is going to play a worse game all season. So, concern in the moment, yeah, but unless BYU is as equally as bad today, then for me it, it's not like, hey, panic button right now. Yeah, it's an outlier. Is BYU going to miss 50 shots in a game this year again? <laughs> 50! <laughs> 19 of 69. BYU took 69 shots. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was more concerned by what Mark Pope said after the game, which was uh, effort at times and didn't compete at times. That's concerning. Yeah. But I don't see that happening again. Um, There was a timeout where I watched Mark Pope lay into the guys, did not address anything on the whiteboard. It was just a principal discussion. I couldn't hear exactly what he was saying, but all I heard was him yelling, high-pitched, ever, ever. So he was really upset. I thought they responded well after that. By the way, it's a little cold in the gym. A lot of dudes in long sleeves mm. that aren't in the game. Like Greg Rubel, Mark Duran a little bit, even even several members of the coaching staff. I was wearing a jacket. So I'm not saying that's why they shot poorly because USC competed in the same stuff. I'm just saying it's just kind of cold in there. And so hopefully BYU heats up from the field to use a uh, sports cliche. Hey, Jerem, every team has bad days. Just ask Iowa State football, who lost by 17 at home to a Sunbelt team, yet they're given forgiveness, so it's going to be okay if BYU bounces back, right? I hope so. <laughs> Beat St. Jones. Cream donuts. Yes, that is true. Our question of the day, back to BYU football, what are your feelings about the college football playoff rankings Today, let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jim Roberts answers on Twitter. We're down to math. About three to four more teams above BYU need to lose than teams below BYU leapfrogging the Cougars in the rankings. If that doesn't happen, Hello, Frisco, Texas, and that is reference to the first responder bowl. But as you pointed out, Jerem, by attrition, and there will be attrition, as long as BYU takes care of business against San Diego State, even if they don't handle another game, I don't think even the college football playoff can keep BYU outside of the top 12. I think there will be enough teams above BYU that will allow the Cougars to sneak in. After that, who knows what happens. Right, and there's no automatic spot for BYU, just to be clear. So if BYU gets in the top 12, they've got a good shot. Yeah. If they get in the top 10, it's like pretty much a lock. So, yeah, I think BYU's going to climb a little bit. It's just that they can climb enough. And even then, the Fiesta Bowl could still say, yes, we want BYU even though they're 13. So it depends on how it shakes out. Let's hope for the best. Root for those teams ahead of BYU to slide out of the way. Uh, and, and get there. Okay, There's, coming up. Yeah. Will BYU be closer to making five threes today or 18 threes? <laughs> Plus, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, joins us to discuss what happened against USC and what's the latest on BYU football scheduling a game this week. Stay with us on Sports Nation. Blaine's from this neck of the woods. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Oh, the Thames River, it'll get you. Pre-game coverage of BYU and St. John's begins at 4 Eastern today on BYU Radio. The Cougars look to bounce back from the first loss of the season yesterday. BYU and St. John's coming up this afternoon. 
We are live in Studio B and in Connecticut for your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan on the other side of the screen. Our question of the day, what are your feelings about the college football playoff rankings today? BYU at number 13. Jeremiah Hale answers on Twitter, I feel like it's all about the money. Power 5 presidents on the committee see schools hurting for cash due to COVID and with smaller bowls being canceled. Want to slow the bleeding by propping up Power 5 teams Above BYU for New Year's Six Bowl games, the week schedule argument is their scapegoat. There is this developing narrative that BYU, because they're independent and don't have to share the money, may be getting the uh, short end of the stick. Well, I don't know. That, maybe that's a tinfoil hat theory. But let's take this conversation to the trifecta zone, Jerem, and bring in a third member. Blaine Fowler joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Blaine, uh, I just brought up... The idea that BYU might not be be giving the uh, additional favor because they're an independent. Do you you buy into that as to why BYU is number 13 and still on the outside when it comes to the New Year's six bowl games? I I don't know what the internal narrative is there, but but Barta needs to stop trying to defend it and just say we don't like him because because every time he tries (laughs) to defend it, he just looks it looks more petty and it looks more uninformed and and he he throws out things like strength of schedule or and then they turn around and and use the exact opposite logic when he defends ohio state and so um yeah it's it's inexplicable so rather than try to explain it and make yourself look even more ridiculous because i i can't find and maybe you guys can a single national person that covers college football for a living. That's what they get paid to do every day, unlike the people on this committee that would think that where BYU is ranked right now is accurate. Not a single one. Even Reese Davis on the, on the reveal show with, with Barta said, Hey, I'm not going to be disingenuous. Like I I think, and everybody in here thinks they should be rated higher. So, so for him to try to defend it, he shouldn't even do that. It makes him look more stupid. It's, it's indefensible where they are. And I don't know whether it's, Hey, wait a minute here. You got Cincinnati in here. Uh, the G5s have an auto- automatic bid. Um, if we put a, an independent like BYU in this thing, it takes away an at-large bid from a P5 school. We need to keep the money internally. I don't know what it is um, that's going on in that room, but it certainly is not based on merit. It's certainly not based on who's good in football. Yeah, and I'm not in the conversation where it's like, okay, they're out to get BYU. I don't, I don't think they're out to get BYU. I, I do think there's power five bias, and I yeah you can't argue that well it's not Ohio State's fault that they have played fewer games and da da da. It's like you know who's played nine games and won all of them? BYU. Like why isn't BYU? At, and we're not asking for BYU to be in the playoff. We're just asking BYU to be for BYU to be in the top ten. And so we were just talking about this, Blaine. We think that by attrition, that BYU in three weeks on December twentieth they are going to be sitting in the top 11, and that, that's probably good enough because we saw BYU move up a spot despite not playing, and that's a good sign. No, I would agree with you. I, I think that rather than have a knee-jerk reaction, I, I think that that committee probably sat there and went, whoa, we took a lot of backlash over this thing, and maybe that's enough to not have them slide down and have them leapfrog teams as long as BYU you know, wins. Um, and if teams lose in front, uh, then, then there's a chance that they inch up. And so 
So they didn't want to make a big correction and admit, yeah, we, we actually went and looked at film. And so you're right. They belong in the top 10. <laughs> but I think the fact, I think the fact that they moved up one was a little bit of a, a realization that maybe we can creep them up over the next several weeks and, and people. Yeah. And I'm with you guys. I, I'm not saying BYU should be five or six. I'm saying they should be 10, you know, and, yeah. and you shouldn't have two lost teams in front of them. And I, I have unbelievable respect for Georgia but I think BYU would beat Georgia. Um, Georgia's losses are not good. I mean, they they weren't close in those games, and their wins aren't that impressive. And so it's like, what's a two-loss Georgia team doing up that high? Um, and, and I don't think Iowa State should be, you know, should have been up there, or Indiana should have been up where they were. You know, and what, but but your point is that some of these teams in front of them are going to lose, and I think that BYU's had enough support out there that they're going to have a hard time passing the red face test without – inching them up a couple of spots. And if I, and if they're 11 or higher come uh, when they, when the bulls start to go out, I think then that they have a realistic shot of getting into New Year's six national champion, Blaine Fowler with us on BYU sports nation, dual threat analyst to your point, Blaine BYU is now looking up at three different two lost teams in front of them. Number 11, Oklahoma, number nine, Iowa state, number eight, Georgia. My question is, if BYU had lost two games against one of those schedules, against the schedule that any of those three teams had played, would BYU be in the top 11 in the college football playoff rankings? That's, that's hard to say because that, then, then I'd be saying there's absolute bias against because because I don't know what's going on in that room. I, I don't know of any other explanation, though, Spencer. So my thing is, as an outsider, if they played that same schedule with with one loss, they likely wouldn't be where Georgia is, um, or get the benefit of the doubt. As, as it's obvious they're not getting the benefit of the doubt right now. Right? I mean, isn't that obvious to everybody, including everybody at ESPN that does this for a living? I'll tell you the one that really was uh, Urban Meyer. BYU fans would be like, "Oh, we don't like Urban Meyer," but but Urban Meyer, I have a ton of respect for. As I've watched him in his broadcasting career. He doesn't pull punches. He just tells it like it is. And, and he's one of the best coaches in the history of the game. And he came right out and defended the team that he used to call the team down south and said, listen, I went back and I looked at film of these guys, a lot of film. And my conclusion from that is this is a team that can compete with anybody and they should be in the top 10. To me, that's the, that's the guy I trust the most of anybody that's, that's, that's talked through this. Because he has no agenda, and uh, and so BYU, for some reason outside of the eye test and how they've played, is not where they should be. So that's a long answer, Spencer, to your question, but probably not any higher than they are, and maybe not even ranked in the top fourteen with one loss, um, based on what we're seeing. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Uh, because let's say Ohio State played the schedule that BYU played, they probably would have had similar numbers, similar margins, similar yardage. Defensively, offensively, scoring, scored a lot. (laughs) And they'd be number three, right? So it's not BYU's fault. And and BYU won all the games. And Boise State hopefully is good the rest of the year and and looks at least decent and blah, blah, blah. It feels like the committee is taking more of the men's basketball committee approach, which is, well, it depends who you played and where you played them. But there's a third of the games, and BYU didn't have that opportunity to play its regular schedule. It's like people forgot what BYU has been doing in terms of strength of schedule. And that they had six power fives on the original schedule. BYU is not backing down from people. I mean, it's it's just silly. Hey, and, and are people? Do people forget 
that BYU basically had a deal in principle with Alabama to open the season after COVID hit and that the SEC right. said no, that Alabama and BYU were like, let's go, let's do this, right? You talk, BYU, you think BYU's afraid? Hey, bring on Alabama. Now, I don't know if they're going to beat Alabama. <laughs> that's, now, that's a whole different level, right? Um, that, that, you know, there's, there's about four teams in the country that I'm going, oh, that's a tough matchup. Outside of those four, I like BYU's chances against anybody. But outside those four, I don't like anybody's chances other than those four against. And I think we all know who I'm talking about, right? I'm, ta- I'm talking about Alabama. I'm talking about Clemson with a healthy Trevor Lawrence, right? Talking about Notre Dame. And actually, I think we match up pretty good. BYU would match up pretty good with Notre Dame, honestly. Because they're a big physical team. And I think that's a good matchup for BYU. And then Ohio State, I think, even though they haven't played very many games, you, you look at them. They're unbelievably skilled and talented. Outside of those four teams, um, I, I might take BYU against any other team in the top 10. I'd take BYU against Texas A&M or Georgia or, or Florida or any of those. Florida would be a really fun game. But, but BYU's willing to play Alabama. I know that Tom Homo has sent out inquiries every single week to try to get, including for this week, multiple literal proposals. Why don't we do this and this and this? Only to hear no, 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 no. He's tried to get games every single solitary week. He's still, you know, they're still on, in a holding pattern for a game this week. He, he's He's got some irons in the fire for the week after the San Diego State game. So this isn't BYU walking away from anybody. This is everybody else going, nah, we saw how you guys are playing. We really don't need that right now. Blaine, either, either we're in a good position right where we're at, or, hey, we're already not playing well this year. There's no reason for us to get smacked by 50. That doesn't do us any good. Let's talk about the schedule a little bit more. What's the drop-dead date this week for BYU to schedule a game? Because I see out in the Pac-12 COVID issues between USC, Washington State. Who knows what Arizona State's going to do? They're supposed to play UCLA. So maybe there's something out west in the Pac-12 or maybe a Mountain West team. What's the drop-dead date for BYU this week? I, I think Kalani and those guys would be willing to play if they told them tomorrow morning that they, they – that, you know, and they've their attitudes always been let's play. Their attitudes been let's play with Washington, and then on the it was at the administrative level that that Washington's demands were just so ridiculous that BYU couldn't agree to it. Um, and then then we realized after the fact that that was never going to happen anyhow, right? So that's why their demands were so ridiculous. But but I do think the USC UCLA thing is kind of interesting because even if both of those games ended up canceling because of COVID. Um, UCLA and USC, there wouldn't be a need for them to play this week because they're already playing in two weeks, right? So so all of a sudden, e- either one of those or both of those cancel, the Pac-12 is likely looking for a game. And I know that BYU would be willing, and I know that that uh, um, you know things have been discussed. Um, you, would, you would like to think that they could make that kind of decision by today, but I, I think Kalani would say tomorrow morning, let's go. And the one that's interesting to me is this this Washington State situation is similar to what Arizona State situation was a couple of weeks ago with Utah. They, they were coming off a game that they missed. They were still under COVID protocols. They said, hey, let's give them a little bit of a buffer. Let's move the game to Sunday and see if that works. And then on, then by Wednesday, they were going, no, oh, it's not going to work. The game's off. And then Utah played Washington. And so that Washington State game, remember, they missed the one game already. They're, they have guys that should be coming off protocol. If they have additional that are going in, they already moved the game to Sunday. Um, you know, that that's the one that you could see possibly happening. But but I know that the Pac-12 desperately wants these teams to play, you know, to keep the keep the revenue in house. So if they can play, they will. 
BYU's willing, but but the odds are they end up without a game this week. They've been doing a week this week like a game prep week, um, the, and uh, and they're going to be ready for San Diego State. And then I do think they have a really good opportunity the following week because multiple teams and multiple conferences have availability. I know Tom's been working on some things to try to get them a game. Kalani wants a game the week after San Diego State game. So I think they're more likely to have a game that week. That's good to know because there's a lot of conference championship games and the teams that aren't in them are more available, right? So perhaps that's the week. Right. Let's finish with hoops, Blaine. Uh, BYU loses by 26 to USC, one of the poorest performances we've seen from BYU in a while, right? Um, was that an outlier or is that an indicator of something greater? Honestly, I think at this point in the season, it's an outlier. When I look at the raw talent and the ability to shoot on this team, it's there. Um, but, but what I was wondering is playing a team, USC's really long and can defend. So they're going to contest every shot. This is a team that were, and there's no, no fault of Mark Pope's. He just doesn't even know what lineups are the best lineups out there yet. Typically you've got 10 games against teams that you can just manhandle and figure things out with. And that you play three games, you're still playing 11, 12 guys a game. And now you go and get USC and they're contesting every shot. What I saw the other night or yet last night was a group of guys going, is this where I'm supposed to take my shot or is this not my shot? I'm not quite sure. And so I saw hesitation in shooting and that resulted in a 27.5% shooting night, right? And a horrific 23% from three. Difference between that and last year for BYU, hey, James on a run. Who, who's our shot maker? You know what? We're going to put the ball in TJ's hands. He's going to take the ball off the dribble. He's either going to get to the rim or he's going to kick it to Jake. And then Jake's going to take that shot and he's going to make that shot. And if he's going to be covered, then they'll reverse the ball. And on the backside, Connor outs, that's their shot. Everybody knew exactly where their shots came and what their role was in this offense. And so they shot the ball with confidence and they knocked them down at a really high rate. When you're not quite sure where you're supposed to shoot it, and it's not because Mark Pope's not telling him, just go ahead and shoot it. You got to be confident that your teammates want you to take that shot at that point in the game. And BYU's going to take a few games to get to that point. So I think this is an outlier. I think chemistry will come because these guys like each other. But to expect that they have the kind of understanding of who takes what shot, like BYU did at the end of, at the, end of the season last year, it's going to be a while before they get to that point. Blaine, great stuff. Uh, always nice to talk with you. And just so you know, you're number one in our broadcast playoff rankings. Oh, is this, so is, is that my seeding? Or is this a tournament, or is that just what I'm ranked? Dennis Pitta is the BYU of this. <laughs> Blaine is our Ohio State it. and Clemson. Yes, Blaine, great to talk to you, man. Thanks I so love much. It. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Okay, coming up, my one-on-one with sophomore guard Trevin Nell. What happened yesterday, and what will change today? And I hate that we're even discussing this, but what is the best bowl game possibility for BYU outside of a New Year's Six? This is BYU Sports Nation. Boo! Boo! This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Find this guy! Join us Saturday, December 12th, 4 Eastern, for BYU football top 100 plays as we count you down. Oh, this has been so fun to make. I watched version 8 this morning. We are done today with the edit. Oh, it was so fun to make. I can't wait for everybody to see this December 12th, 4 Eastern. Wait, let's let's just keep watching until John throws it to uh, Johnny, of course. What's going to happen? What the, wait, is he going to catch it? Yes! Yes! 
He's open forever. Johnny Harleen and Broncos the reaction reaction's from Broncos. So good here. Oh, amazing. The whole sideline oh. there. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem Jordan live in Connecticut. I'm Spencer Linton hanging out in Studio B in Provo, Utah. This is BYU Sports Nation. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem? BYU quarterback Zach Wilson is officially on the Davey O'Brien watch list. Were you shocked he wasn't there already? <laughs> yes, honestly. When I got the notification, I was like, wait, what? I, I thought that he was already like a top 10 guy in this, you know? And there are still a bunch of guys on the list. So notify me when Zach is confirmed as a top five finals or top three finals, whatever. I, I'm, I'm all in on the Zach Wilson hype train. If he's going to be number two overall in the NFL draft, then he should be at least top five in the Davey O'Brien Award watch list. Yeah, it makes sense that he wasn't on it yet. Preseason after last year going into this year, like maybe, maybe on a big list. But the way he's played this year, obviously, he should be a finalist for every quarterback or overall award. Stuart Mandel, the editor-in-chief for The Athletic, adjusted his bowl projections and now has BYU outside of the top 12 because of the college football playoff rankings and has BYU in the first responders bowl saying the following, Jerem. BYU's options are limited if it fails to land a New Year's Six berth because it will want to wait and see where it's ranked on December 20th to commit to anything. I found a semi-decent spot this week in the December 26th First Responder Bowl facing a top 25, for now, Tulsa team. Mm, What is the best non-New Year's landing spot for BYU? There isn't one. If BYU is undefeated, there is not one. It's New Year's Six or bust. The way BYU is playing, they got to be in one of those. That going to be fun to be in the Gasparilla Bowl or First Responders Bowl. Come on. Yeah, really, the only prize for BYU if it's not a New Year's Six game is somewhere warm where they can vacation with their family. Just not Idaho, right? <laughs> Would they even take them in a pandemic, though? I, I don't know. Like, that might not be a thing. This is true. It's a great point. I don't know. If the game's in Florida, well, Florida's kind of living on their own rules, so <laughs> I have Talk no to idea. South Utah County. Okay, FBSchedules.com reports Utah's, or Houston, rather, uh, different game. Return game to Provo moved from 2023 to 2028. Is that an acceptable make good? Uh, it feels weird, but whatever. If Houston wants to play BYU in 2028, great. BYU will fill the schedule. I'm indifferent on this. BYU acquiesced to play a road game, and now it's moved back five. Eh, whatever. Three years, eight years, whatever. All right, Jerem, now to basketball, which you will watch a lot of today. Will BYU basketball be closer to making 18 three-pointers and tie school record or like five today based on their performance against USC when they take on St. John's? So the middle is what, 11 and a half? I'm going to go, I'm going to take the under. I bet BYU gets more to the 8, 9, 10 range. I think BYU is going to get a double figures again. I think they'll make 10 three-pointers today. They'll calm down. They'll hit their gaps. And they'll just feel more comfortable shooting in a relatively unknown gym. So I'm going to go with 10 today, which technically is closer to five, right? (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay, coming up, prop picks. How did we do yesterday and what's on tap today? And Jerem's one-on-one with a guy who could help that three-point shooting percentage. Certainly, Trevin Nell. Don't go anywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
Join us December 12th, Super Saturday. Starts with women's hoops against Boise State at 2 Eastern. BYU football top 100 plays at 4 Eastern. Pre- and post-game coverage of BYU and Utah, plus the game and a second-screen experience. Stoked for that. Countdown to kickoff, BYU and San Diego State, 9 Eastern, and the post-game show. It is a loaded Saturday. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, live from Provo, Utah, and Uncasville, Connecticut. Well, yesterday things didn't go as planned. Now the Cougars have a big game today with St. John's. I spoke with sophomore guard Trevin Nell last night about it on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Trevin, obviously not the performance you guys were hoping for in game one. What was your overall takeaway, and what was the vibe after the game? Um, my overall takeaway was, like, yes, USC is a great team. They're tremendously coached, but it was a gut check for us. And um, we learned a lot more about ourselves, that nothing's given to us. We're not entitled to anything. And we really need to show that tomorrow. And our vibe after the game was, hey, we have to have a short memory. We have to learn from this loss. And we have to be able to bounce back and be able to play a lot tougher than what we showed today. Yeah, and you guys aren't the team that shoots 28% from the field and 23% from three. So what went into that? What Was it the length and kind of size for USC? What And and you miss 18 and 19 going into the half? I was like, these are, these are crazy numbers today. This is definitely an outlier, it feels like. It's definitely not how we wanted to shoot the ball, and I know for a fact we're not going to shoot this poorly tomorrow, and I don't know if it was just how we felt the ball, um, but there's no excuses for how we played, but we're just excited that we have the opportunity to play tomorrow, and we're excited to show that what happened today is not how BYU basketball plays. Certainly that's the good news, right, is you can play tomorrow against a quality team, a quality name, on national TV, try and redeem yourselves a little bit, right? Because this is an important stretch for what eventually will be Selection Sunday non-conference on the team sheet going, okay, USC, St. John's, Utah State, Boy State, Utah, San Diego State. So the next opportunity is a big one. So what what has the conversation been like in terms of what you want to do better against St. John's? Um, definitely play tougher. Um, I felt like we gave up a lot of rebounds. We were a little soft going into USC. And USC is a really well-coached team. But I think St. John's, they just, they're like dogs. They, they give it their all, and they send not just one guy, but they send like two or three guys to the ball. And so it's definitely going to test us, and it's definitely going to show how we respond. I feel like that's the best thing about basketball is, yeah, we're going to have frustration, but um, tomorrow we're going to show everybody that we know how to respond, and it's going to be a really good bounce back game. You guys have talked about last year and this year, uh, and you wear T-shirts to say hashtag uh, B-L-R-A, hashtag best locker room in America. How is that coming into play right now as you guys have faced your first piece of adversity? Um, we definitely talked after this game that just happened against USC. We talked about what things we need to change, um, how we need to trust each other more. The ball on offense was super stagnant. I feel like we were going slow motion. And the coaches realized it, and we're going to watch a lot of film tonight, even tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, right before the game. And we're going to we're gonna fix it. And that's the best thing uh, about this team is we still trust each other. Um, we have some guys not shoot tremendously well, but every single one of us has put in the time, put in the effort. And so it's all about trusting the process that we put in over the summer. And the PLRA still stands. We're the best locker room in America, and it still shows – how much after a game like that 
is are the coaches telling you something you didn't know? Obviously, they're motivating you. They're breaking down specifics. But I don't know about you, but when I when I do something poorly, I'm I'm pretty aware of what I did, and I'm like, okay, I got to be better. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. So, how's that balance of you want to accept the coaching, but kind of you also know what you and and your teammates need to do better? Um, the coaches do a tremendous job for us in prepping for games, talking about what happens after the game, and we know exactly what we need to fix. We know exactly what we need to do. Um, we realize it at halftime, and we realize it after the game. And so it's definitely a gut check, and it's definitely coming just a realization that, hey, we need to play a lot harder. We need to play more together, not just rely on two guys or one guy. And so the coaches are definitely helping us. Coach Pope had a long conversation after the game with us about just stuff we need to work on, stuff we need to think about, and to ultimately think about the right things. Because everybody's dream is to go pro. Everybody's dream is to be the guy. But if we're thinking about the wrong things, then – we're going to play like kind of how we did today. And so Coach Pope's big emphasis and what we always think about is we got to think about the right things and think about how we can win and help the team instead of just how we can make our personal lives a little bit better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And last year was a great example of that, like a Dalton Nixon and a Zach Selyus, right? Exactly. Like seniors buying in. The whole team bought in, right? Exactly. Um, which, which was awesome. Um, so how's the bubble experience been for you guys? Because we're in the same location. We're actually in the same tower of the hotel, but we can't interact. You guys are, like, going through the kitchen and the laundry room to, like, get in the arena. It's kind of different, right? It is definitely different. We can't leave our hotel room. We have a security guy come knock on our doors and let us know when we can start to head down to the gym or head down to go eat or watch film. And like you said, we walk through the kitchen. We walk through the laundry room area just to – like the storage areas too, just to get to the gym. So it's definitely a different feel. Um, we haven't seen anybody outside of ourselves and obviously the other team. Um, but that's the only people we've seen so far in this hotel, which is kind of bizarre and kind of crazy. Who are you most tired of seeing? My roommate, Colby Lee. Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> no, Colby's my guy. He's here with me right now. But um, big Colby's. We've definitely talked about the game all also. We were just watching a couple Christmas, you know, movies, just playing games, just trying to relieve some of the stress that we have here. And um, yet last night was just, we we're just doing homework together and trying to still grind on that schoolwork. But uh, yeah, definitely Cole. Cole was a great teammate and a better guy off the court. What's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie? You can't go wrong with Tally Grinstall Christmas. Come on, Jerome. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mine one mine's Die Hard, by the way. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> Home Alone. Home Alone. Home, Home Alone 2, though. Well, uh, good luck. Lo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss later. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully the bubble's okay to you because uh, you got a big one with St. John's. Uh, awesome opportunity. Then, Do you guys head out uh, tomorrow or uh, Wednesday, or are you going to be Thursday you go home and then – us up to you testing i think we uh, i think the plan right now is to beat st john's um that's definitely our mindset for right now and then right after the game head home practice thursday practice friday and then head right up to our local rivals utah state okay it should be a uh, fun experience uh well and, and the next thing is actually when someone knocks on your door and tells you you can leave exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, Trevin, I appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck. I expect multiple threes to go down against uh, the Johnnies. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me.
Okay, that was Trevor Nell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. We certainly expect BYU to play better today. Don't expect them to miss 50 shots and 23 threes, that's for sure. No, I expect BYU to uh, raise their game on the floor, and I expect Trevin at some point to raise his understanding of what makes a great Christmas movie as well. (laughs) (laughs) Die hard all the way. (laughs) Does that qualify? Conversation for another day. If you've seen it, you know. (laughs) Coming up, a reckoning on prop picks. And a rise and shout out to a truly elite broadcaster. He's standing up for the Cougs. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and give us that five-star review. Let's recap our prop picks with consequences at some point for the USC game and then make some more picks for today's St. John's game for BYU. As always, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Going into yesterday's game against USC, Jerem, I had a 2-1 to lead over you. Now things get a little bit more interesting. So let's recap. Number one, who will lead BYU in assists? Both you and I said Brandon Averett, so that's a push. He did. Then, Jerem, at number two, more field goals, fouls, or made free throws by Richard Harward. It was... It was Alex Barcella who led with four. We oh, both missed correction. It my fault. Because it was my fault. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more field goals, fouls, and made free throws by Richard Harward. He went 0 for three from the field. Zero fouls, two free throws. You said free throws. I made field goals. All I need is for him to make three shots. <laughs> I've never cared That's more tough. about free throws in a 30-point blowout loss more than I did at that moment yesterday. Number three. Over under 75 points given up by BYU against USC. I took the over. USC went nuts in the second half after only scoring 31 in the first 20 minutes, and they finished with 79. You had the under. So I take two more points and extend my lead now 4-1. to one. So it all comes down to today. You need a sweep, my friend. How are you feeling about it? Not good. I took the under just to be different. Uh, not because I believed it. So there you go. Uh, number one. <laughs> Which player will have the greatest scoring difference from USC to the St. John's game? What do you think? Uh, For me, I'm going to go Alex Barcelo, who only had eight points yesterday. I think Alex gets back up to around his season average. He'll have 16 or 18. He'll be plus eight in that category. I go Connor Harding. He had a donut like I did. I think he'll have eight or ten points today as well. Okay. Number two, who will lead the BYU Cougars in plus minus today? I'll go Alex Barcelo. I think he'll be on the court a lot today because it's Wednesday, not Thursday. He'll be able to play probably like 35 minutes if they want. I've got Brandon Avery today. I think that uh, he's a distributor. He does a lot of good things. He makes BYU better like Alex Barcelo when he's on the floor. So if it's not A-B, I think it's going to be B-A. Okay, and last but not least, how many second chance points will BYU have today? Price is right rules. Closest without going over. Well, BYU had exactly zero yesterday against USC. 
So I'm being affected by that a little bit. I, I'm going to say eight second chance points against a very scrappy athletic St. John's team. Eight second chance points for the Cougars. I was going to say 12. If I can't go over, but I want to get closest, I'm going 14. I think Gideon George and Caleb Lohner and Matt Harms and Richard Harwood, they'll get some old boards and they'll actually score points today off those. Okay, so you're going 14 for BYU, and I've got eight. Those are your prop picks for today's game between the Cougars and the Johnnies. The will of consequences awaits, Jerem. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to lose, and I, we're going to have to spin it. I'm not sweeping. I'm not sweeping. I sweep at my house. My daughter spills muffins on the ground every day. I sweep there. Never know. You never know. Our question of the day, what are your feelings about the college football playoff rankings today? Hopefully uh, fans are feeling better than we are because clearly we're, we're riled up. I doubt they are. In response, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Amy on Twitter. My response is not fit to be expressed on BYU TV. Hashtag ding. Hashtag flip. Hashtag oh my heck. <laughs> she forgot fetch yeah uh, but stop trying yeah, to make fetch a thing jerem it's never gonna happen uh, yeah okay all right yeah, just hopefully hopefully BYU just figures it out you know then the playoff figures it out let's go today's rise and shout outs presented by mountain america credit union guiding you forward what do you have jerem i go uh to the hashtag uh why anon if you know you know uh sean walker who works for KSL.com. The college football playoff just kicked me off the teleconference call as I pressed the button to ask a question about BYU moving up to one spot to number 13, and no operators are available to let me back into the call. Convenient. That happened last night. Yeah, that's weird. And my Rising shout-out goes uh, to someone who hosts the college football playoff selection show, Reese Davis. I thought he was fantastic last night. And as Blaine brought up, he said, I'm not going to be disingenuous. I think BYU should be ranked higher. He said that to Gary Barta, only to have Mr. Barta double down on BYU's strength of schedule, or in his terms, lack thereof. But I thought Reese defended BYU nicely, so he gets my rising shout-out today. All right, our thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Trevin Nell. Sergeant Dennis Pitto ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem Jordan in Connecticut, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Bart Jepson. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. And don't miss Cougar Tip-Off on BYU Radio.